all week we've been hearing from Declan Trainer, and today I'm delighted to say that we're able to talk with him live. Declan, it's very good to see you. You're looking great. Thank you very much, Julia. Really looking forward to, to chatting to you and you're looking fab yourself. Oh, thank you so much. I think it's the workouts and sessions that we did together. It's having a great impact. So thank you for that. You've taken a few years off my life in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to hear it. <laughs> but look, Declan, we, we actually carried out a poll with our audience. And what I want you to do with me now is just to go through the results of these polls, because we actually asked a series of questions. And the question that we asked on Monday, what healthy activities have you undertaken today? What healthy activities have you undertaken today? And these were the top three answers. Drunk plenty of water, stood up for a few minutes every hour, and a walk break. Declan, these sound pretty good to me. Just give me your initial response to that. Mm -hmm. Well, first and foremost, cheers everyone. Happy to hear you're drinking plenty of water. Um, I, I, I love um, the fact that people went to the efforts and participants, thanks a million for participating in the health challenge and then following on from that. So those little um, acts that people were doing, I call them health seeking behaviors and they don't have to be massive things. It can be as simple as drinking more water than you did the previous day. So keeping hydrated, um, standing up every hour, getting the blood circulating. And then finally, if you go for a walk break, which if we get outside and we actually move and we've got new inputs through, you know, trees or nature, um, that can actually improve our creativity when we return to our work tasks afterwards. So, um, you know, it's all interconnected and, you know, health and good work are not mutually exclusive of each other. They actually tie in together um, for a bigger picture. So I really love those efforts that people made on um, those areas that you mentioned. Yeah, you touched on it yourself just now because there is a sense of continuation, notably with the walk break, because during the lockdown, people were encouraged to go out to walk. So it's nice to actually continue that because there's a real danger that as we go back to whatever the new normal is, something as simple as a walk gets forgotten. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think what was interesting was, as you say, um, I remember during the lockdowns, I'd never seen so many people out running, particularly the, the summer lockdown. Um, and then, then also, yeah, out walking a lot as well. So what was interesting was on one side, some people actually lo lost their bit of activity um, if they did that during their commute to work. So it became a conscious effort for them to actually try and get that into their day somewhere else. But on the other side, I think people found that being confined to their to their home and and this blurring of the lines between your work life and your home life, that actually getting out of the house became all that more important. So it was really interesting to see the dynamic between, you know, certain amount of outdoor time potentially being lost, but then also uh, seeing the other side where people were actually upping it in order just to get um, get out of that cabin fever scenario. Mm. And standing up for a few minutes every hour, again, really important, particularly for circulation, because if you're sitting at a desk all the time, it's very easy to forget that, you know, you, you might get a bit stiff. And that we, we talked about it, in fact, during one of our, our sessions together about being sedentary. Mm, absolutely, yeah. And we define sedentary, sedentarism as uh, less than 5,000 steps per day. So getting up and, and moving around and even getting a few steps 
in can be good. Even if you're in the office, it might be going to a toilet that's on another floor or looking for little opportunities to up your, your step count. Now, the one thing I'd say, it's not just based on step counts because somebody could do, as we mentioned during our chat, was somebody could be doing 4,000 steps but could be doing an hour of yoga in the evening, which would be enough to get them out of that sedentary um, category. So it's definitely something to bear in mind when you look at your day and, and trying to keep active. And the other thing I would say is sometimes when we're in a flow state at work, we might be hunched over because we're just in the zone. And I would say that's actually okay because a flow state is a desirable state when it comes to doing our work. But if that means we're taking suboptimal postures, maybe we're hunched over a little bit, then during the rest of our day, we want to make an effort to get up, to have our posture good. And then a big one for people is actually sitting on their, their sit bones, which are the kind of jutty bones at the bottom of our, our bums that if we sit on them, we take a better posture anyway. So um, the average office worker sitting for, for 9.3 hours a day. So at least if we can make a conscious effort to sit on our sit bones and, and be straight up, that can already have a big benefit. Okay, so some great advice there. And also drinking plenty of water. You toasted us at the beginning of the conversation. What is a safe amount of water to drink? Because it's, it's a great liquid to ingest, but too much of it is not good for the system. Yeah, so I would say generally it, it actually depends on the, the size of the person, usually in and about um, two to three litres. Now, if you're somebody who's not drinking a lot of water at the moment, then you, you wouldn't go straight into that category of two to three litres. You'd gradually build it up. Another one, if you're, you're really not drinking a lot of water, could be just looking to get sort of six to eight glasses going in your day, medium-sized glasses and work from there. But generally it'll be two to three liters. And then depending on how active you are outside of, of work, or maybe you're in a, you know, if you're in a job that involves moving around a lot, then you're gonna to want to up that because you're gonna be losing um, fluids through, through sweat. So it's just trying to keep these things in mind. Does it count if you take your water via another drink? I mean, I'm a herbal tea addict. So does that count or do I have to separate yeah. the two? <laughs> Great question. Great question. Yeah, no, tea is actually a good way of, of upping your water intake. Um, where you need to be careful is, is with things like espressos because the concentration there is, um, is more towards the coffee end of things, which is actually a diuretic, which can, can cause us to, 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 to lose fluid. So um, with teas, though, it, it, it's predominantly water. So, yeah, that could, that could count towards it. That's a good question. OK, so fantastic. So we've got through Monday. Let's move on to Tuesday, because on Tuesday we asked what mindful activity or activities have you undertaken today? And these were the top three answers. Spent time outside, laughed, talked to family and friends. So Declan, your reaction to those? Yeah, I think, um, so like if we look at this from the concept of mental health, I think this is a, this is a huge one. Um, so getting outside, getting some, some fresh air is, is really important. What that does is it brings us into our bodies. Uh, it brings us into an environment whereby we have outside stimulus and it can help us to um, forget about the, the troubles of the day or maybe things that are going on that we just need a break from for a while and allows us to just be in nature. So I think that's a huge one. The other ones that we mentioned there were laughing um, and friends and family time. So I think that that's huge because our time outside of work and what athletes do is they actually concentrate a lot on their rest and rejuvenation between intense bouts of exercise. Well, actually what we do as office workers uh, we're the same. We have intense bouts of effort at work. But what we got to do then is through interactions with friends and family, through laughing, 
maybe in our extracurricular activities is we've got to rejuvenate ourselves between those intense bouts of exercise. So I'm delighted to see people making time for maybe being a bit silly, having a bit of fun outside of work in order to help themselves as well, go back to work feeling rejuvenated. Mm. I mean, there's an overlap between uh, this time spent outside and also people going for walk breaks, etc., which was one of the, the, the results of Monday's questionnaire. But when you look at laughing, for example, I mean, that is the best medicine. It's a bit of a cliche, yes, but it does work. And again, I remember the laughter yoga that we did, even though the joke wasn't very funny, but I was prepared to forgive it, Declan, because it, 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 it clearly struck a chord. But that is important. It's learning to laugh. Maybe we don't do enough of it. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing, and that's the big thing about laughter yoga is that actually by even that forced laughter, it releases the same sort of chemical reaction of real laughter that makes us feel better. So that was what we were looking to get at. Um, and I'm very disappointed to hear you didn't enjoy my joke, Juliet. Um, well, I think, it, I, think no, I probably it's... heard it about 30 years ago, so maybe I did actually get the genuine, genuine laughter 30 years ago, but I guess I was too familiar with the punchline 30 years later. <laughs> but you told it well, you told it well. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the delivery. Um, yeah, no, so I think that, that's the big thing to remember. And the other thing on this is just not to take ourselves too seriously as well. And when we can laugh at ourselves, I think that can make life uh, a lot easier as well and you know not expect ourselves to be cool calm and composed at all times and just have that bit of a you know a, a nature where we can laugh at ourselves i think that's that's important too yeah just learning to let go and again one of the great places to share your laughter is when you're talking to your family and friends because that's when you have the exchange of memories you talk about things that you know you did as a group or that one particular person did and maybe it's made them a bit of a legend in that friendship circle or in the family <laughs> A legend for all the right yeah, reasons, of course. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, absolutely. And I think that was, um, that came up as well uh, in day three of the, the looking at the soul where people actually chose a memory to put themselves in that positive frame of mind. Because actually we've got the um, something called a negativity bias, which can be ingrained in us and something that's mentioned in psychology. It's whereby this idea of something negative happens and it can hold a, a different weight to when something positive happens, sometimes as much as five times multiplied by five times in terms of the impact it can have on us. So if we if we kind of suffer from this, what we need to do is, is give more weight to the positive things. And a way to do that is to tap into these positive memories and to even reflect on your day at the end of the day and think what were two or three simple interactions that I had with people that that were pleasant. And that can be as simple as a joke when you're getting your coffee in the morning with the barista and, you know, someone saying thank you to you at work, even just a hugging a family member when you get home from work. These things can be the best parts of our day if, we're, if we give them enough attention. Yeah, and how many of us have actually come home from work and your partner's waiting for you, and once they've said hello and you're sitting down having a cup of coffee, the first thing they say is, mm -hmm. how was your day? It feels really good to have that level of appreciation and interest in how your day went. You can go through it together. And, that's, and again, it really underscores the importance of investing in the things around us that are there beyond work, your family and your friends? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's such a good question. And particularly when we then go into listening mode and we ask them how their day went and fully invest in, you know, hearing how their answer goes. Because sometimes what we can do is think about, you know, when we're going to get asked how our day went in return, you know? So it's, it's, it's asking that question and putting yourself fully into listening mode then um, and just invest in yourself in, in, uh, the, the other person's day as well and, and, and listening and hearing that out.
OK, well, that was Tuesday. Let's move on to Wednesday because we asked, what have you done today to nourish your soul? The very profound question. But the top answer, the one which really stood out, thought of a memory that made me laugh or smile. Declan. Yeah. Um, so again, that was great to see that result. And it's what I mentioned there about the, the negativity bias. So what we've got to do is flip the script and look at memories that, you know, that help us to feel good. Um, we mentioned, you know, quite quite a serious topic of, of loss there just before we came on air was, so this idea of reflecting on the good times with people um, in terms of eventually helping people through that grieving process, or even just looking at good times with the people who are still here and tapping into that positivity. You know, sports people will use it. Um, people going on stage will use it. This idea of positive visualization, maybe going back to previous performances that were good and just, you know, quickly doing a quick visualization of them. Uh, to build up your confidence or the other one is visualizing what's coming up the performance that's coming up and, and visualizing it in a positive light because sometimes what we can do is negatively visualize and, and that can turn into a self-fulfilling prophecy of oh you know i'm going to be nervous my voice might shake but actually if we can flip the script and start making a conscious effort of looking at these things in more positive visualization it can then help on the other side of things where whereby it will go well because that's how we visualize this yeah and, and i guess as well that because of covid it's probably brought back more positive memories things that perhaps we, we would never have considered but that forced state of lockdown encouraged many of us to connect with the distant past the recent past those good memories they've always been there and now we can actually use them in a very positive way as you said to help us if we're grieving but also to help us through the day-to-day -day of life yeah and and that was a big positive now the, the, that's where this expression telework life balance comes from uh coined you know during COVID, because I saw that a lot of people were suffering from certain health challenges that they hadn't suffered from before, but then also actually benefiting from certain health elements. And, and a big one that was mentioned was reconnecting with family time because we were all of a sudden working from home. We're seeing a lot more of each other. On the other side of that, some people did get a bit of cabin fever. And when they were usually maybe getting some space um, at the office they, that they didn't currently get at home. So that took a little bit of time for people to find their their medium on. I think the other big health benefit a lot of people got was this um, idea of saving on their commute and then putting that time into their health and wellness by maybe using it to get out for a jog or a walk and invest in their in their health that way. Now, on the other side, one of the, the big health um, kind of issues that we saw was feelings of isolation because you were no longer at the office. And then there was this pressure almost to be super productive because you were worried that because you weren't being seen working and that you had to then put in loads of hours to kind of or be online all the time. And there was, you know, there was things that that resulted from that, maybe feelings of anxiety, feelings of isolation from being away from the office um, and, and just that feeling of, of stress. Um, so there was, you know, there was there was issues that came up on, on both sides of the spectrum. Um, you know, for people with disabilities, again, it was who maybe had a difficult route to get to work, they may have benefited then from being able to work from home. So I think there was it was interesting to see that, but definitely reconnecting with family and friends and, and being in that that uh, tighter environment actually led people, you know, 
reconnecting with with these important things and i think it's given an important sense of appreciation to these things now as we go into a new hybrid model of working whereby some people are going to be going back to the office part-time some will be going back full-time um, and, and a lot of the time that might be the employer's prerogative where they're being asked to, to go back um, and then some people might have made a case for themselves to work from home full-time because they kept those levels of productivity up and they might have a strong, as an employee, they might have a strong case to actually uh, negotiate with employers as to keeping this this telework um, going. So I think it's going to be a really interesting period of time now to see how we work this hybrid model going forward um, in a relation in a reciprocal relationship between employees and employers. Yeah, I mean, this does bode well for the future on the strength of those answers. And certainly we've tapped into a very rich seam there. But look, Cybos is donating a thousand hours of training to 40 teachers selected across the Teach for All network. And a big thank you for all the answers that we received in the daily polls. And thanks to our sponsors. You know who you are. They're Bank of America, CGI and Intesa San Paolo. And we're happy to announce that we actually doubled the amount of teaching hours for teach for all. So I would say that that is a very good result. So well done to all of you and thank you so much for taking part in those polls. So Declan is still here and we're on day four of Cyboss, hold back the tears. And I believe Declan that you're going to help us tie together some ways that employees and employers can look after their health and wellness in this new sphere for, for many of us, which is this telework life balance. Now, you referenced it earlier, but in very simple terms, what does telework life balance mean to you? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's that idea of looking after your health, your emotional, your mental and your physical health in this new era of working. So during COVID, it was, it was enforced that people were working from home. Now there's potentially a new hybrid model for people. So it's, it's looking after that. And that encapsulates all the health challenges that come with that and also the health benefits that have come from this this uh, telework being incorporated more into to people's working day and I think we noticed some things some challenges um, of this to to people and companies alike and I think what we've realized is our ability to be resilient and to adapt to different situations and how important that is um, and how important dialogue is between uh, employers and employees. So this idea of using surveys to check in with staff was really important um, to see how they were they were feeling, how they were coping with this. And I think that was one of the factors that was, was seen to be a, a really important way of keeping in contact with employees. And then as a result, there was actions being taken. Some people were getting ergonomic setups at home. There was maybe packages being sent to employees like healthy herbal teas so people weren't over relying on, on caffeine. And so that open dialogue between employers and employees to set up a sphere in which telework life balance was being looked after became became highly important. Yeah. I mean, let's look back over that lockdown period. I mean, can you describe some of the main health benefits and dare I say it struggles encountered by people during COVID and more importantly, what are the lessons we've learned from their experiences? Yeah, so I think what we learned is that certain things don't change. So what this was is one of the, the biggest thing that motivates people and what they do on a daily basis are three factors, autonomy, mastery and purpose. So autonomy is the ability to do tasks in the way that you believe is the best way. So using your own creativity 
and autonomy feelings of autonomy actually went up for a lot of people during covid so they were working from home um they they got this space to to potentially create their working day a bit differently as long as the work was done they could maybe drop the kids to school come back in and then check the the computer respond to their emails after that and maybe if they if it worked with their their life routine, they maybe checked in again later in the day because they might have had a school pickup. And so th these feelings of autonomy actually went up um, and that was a big factor. Um, and then mastery and, and purpose. So mastery is this idea of, you know, upskilling in the areas that are important to you. And then purpose is where we feel like we're contributing to the overall purpose of the organization. So these things didn't change so much as they'll always be important, but autonomy definitely went up in the sense that people felt more autonomy um, in terms of when they were doing their work and and how they were going about it. Maybe it was because they were away from the office environment with, with the outside eyes in on them, but still were getting the work done. So that, that, that highlighted just how important the, the autonomy was. Um, the other benefit I mentioned was, was saving on a, on a commute. The challenges then were around that isolation. There was a lot of issues around feeling isolated, um, the other big issues were things like sleep. Uh, people struggled on, on sleep. Um, and so they were kind of some of the key ones that, um, that we, we had. And the other one was actually this idea of going from online meeting to online meeting without the coffee break that we'd often get if we were at the office just to give the mind a bit of a break. So people were going from straight from one online meeting to the other without any sort of mental break in between or any sort of interaction. And that was something that people found quite tough. Mm. We've got quite a few questions to get through. So let's tackle this one because look, we've got more people heading back to the office. Briefly, what would you recommend to employers and indeed employees to help make that transition smooth so that at the end of the day, they're not just getting their work done, but importantly, they're looking after their health and well-being. Everything is interconnected. Absolutely. So I'd say communication is the, the number one factor for employees who, who prove them prove their productivity. And uh, during the lockdown period, there may be a sense that in terms of negotiating a hybrid working model going forward, that they're in a stronger position. So I'd say it's really important to have communication around this. It's important to ensure that managers who are going to be having these conversations about the, the work environment, the job design going forward, that they're able to have those and those conversations. So whether it be assertiveness courses or communication courses where they're communicating the needs of the company, um, you know, and, and then employees are being able and included in that dialogue as well. I think that's going to be vitally important um, making sure that if people are working online, that we're recreating water cooler moments for them through either gaming or online yoga sessions or a way of integrating them in and thinking about onboarding as well. If people are coming in to uh, an onboarding situation, maybe getting them on site to meet people in person, because at the end of the day, that in-person um, connection is still going to be vitally important. And, you know, reading body language and things like this. And, and that's that that sense of touch and, and being able to shake hands again. Like these things are, are really important. So getting the balance right around technology and human interaction is going to be is going to be vital because we want technology to be a help and not a hindrance and so when we find ourselves continuously reacting to technology notifications 
that's that can lead to burnout. So we really need to make sure we're getting that balance right with people returning to the office. Right, the ping, ping, ping of the phone. Okay, now we've got a couple of minutes, so let's try and squeeze in some questions from our audience. And thank you to the online audience as well for mm -hmm. engaging in these sessions because clearly it really has resonated. So, Declan, do you have tips for how we can look after personal productivity in this new era of work? Very briefly. Yeah. Yeah, very briefly, become distraction aware. So be aware of the internal distractions. That's the one where I have to check them, the result to last night's match uh, and not, not, not always find ourselves constantly reacting to them. And then be aware of external distractions. So that's people popping in for a quick question. Sometimes the best thing to do is say, I'm in the middle of something. Can I come and grab you in 30 minutes to go through that? Okay, another one here. How do you create psychological distance from work? This is hugely important. So a lot of people get to bed late because they leave work late. So uh, um, a leave work alarm can be good to remind us to wrap up our work. And then the other one is go for a walk at the block or put on some comfy clothes to, to psychologically remind us, okay, the day, the working day is over. We're moving on to our personal time. Yeah, very, very simple, but it's amazing how many of us forget to do that. We might have time to squeeze in one very, very quick question. Which easy and quick exercises could we do at our desk? Very briefly. Yeah, a huge one that I would say is give your eyes a break. Oftentimes when we think about the body, we think we have to get up and do big stretches. A big one is just rub the palms of your hands, put them over your cheekbones, close your eyes, and allow your eyes just a little break away from the screen. Then lastly is just a couple of neck rolls from side to side to create space in that area and just open out. Okay, great advice as ever. Declan, thank you so much for getting up early, being here, sharing your thoughts on that poll. And also I'd like to thank you personally for the workout sessions we had. I think it was at the fag end of the summer or early September, whenever it was, it was great. And it's so delightful to see you again and the fact that people have actually gained something out of it. So hopefully we'll touch base again in the not too distant future.